0: To the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space.
1: Okay, we're here today with uh Aisha Bas and John Peluso. IJo, welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, Jeremy. So great to be back. Hi, John, welcome.
1: Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's um Always good to get you on the show, John. For uh, those that are listening, John and I actually worked together. Seems like a long time ago now. From twenty, it was a, it
0: was a dog's year. A right? dog's
1: a dog's year. Twenty ten to twenty thirteen, when I worked at Avpoint there with John. But it's always great to catch up, mate. And um, I'm excited for the listeners to hear about like the journey that Avpoint have been through, and and some of the questions we've been asking the other ISVs in this series of episodes. So thank you for your time today.
0: Yeah, no, my pleasure. Again, good to be on to uh, to share.
1: Can you introduce yourself so people know who you are? I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have seen you speak at different Ignites and Builds and other partner conferences and so forth. But for those that don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself? John Paluso, I'm the
0: Chief Product Officer at Avpoint. I've been here for quite a while, mostly in a, a product management capacity. Overcame an early education in uh, creative writing and, and quickly moved on to an IT pro career uh, um, to actually pay some bills. And that's where I got exposed to SharePoint for the first time way back in 2003. So it's been a Microsoft collab journey for me for quite quite a number of years.
1: I mean, Avpoint is a very big company, but can you just describe a little bit what Avpoint is and their history in the Microsoft 365 ecosystem? Yeah, so so Avpoint is quite a long-term
0: player. Uh, we were founded uh, in 2001, um, and uh, since then we've been uh, continuing to grow. We were a, a global company pretty early. So we're in 14 countries uh, now and um, really have evolved from a company that built tools and, and kind of admin utilities for SharePoint back in the day to you know following the trend of, of SharePoint becoming more business critical and evolving our solutions more to uh, security, co- uh, governance, compliance, things like that, and then of course with the move to the cloud, we've we've branched out now and are really looking at the whole sort of space of cloud collaboration, and of course all the diverse services within Microsoft 365 that that help that happen. So, been an evolution, but but uh, you know what's interesting is also some of the things haven't changed. The way people think about you know governance, management, compliance, these are all the same. It's just new targets and new strategies and new tools to help make that process more efficient and smarter. Um, so um, same targets we've been aiming at all along, but continuing to evolve how we do
1: it and and the value that we're trying to bring. So to focus this conversation today, I figured we would focus on the MyHub product. Sure. Because the offerings you have, like talking about all of them is just going to get, take too long. Yeah. Which I, you know. Empathize for your salespeople. I have to do that every day in front of <laughs> our customers. In terms of MyHub, how would you describe what that product is and what benefits it gives Microsoft 365 users? Um, we, we try to think, when we think of the the
0: various solutions we have, we're trying to think of kind of target user personas. And so the target user persona of MyHub is really uh, kind of data owners, so workspace owners, team owners, site owners, uh, as well as individual users. Um, we have other solutions that are targeted more at admins, whether they be global admins, or delegated admins, maybe some of your security team. But with MyHub, uh, the reason I think it's probably uh, you know, a relevant one to talk to is it's it's probably the uh, the solution that most people in an organization will actually interface with.
2: And John, how long um, MyHub is in the market? You mentioned you've been working with SharePoint for twenty years. I'm assuming yeah. maybe the base of the product is around for <laughs> twenty years.
0: No, it's a great question. So when we first built MyHub, um, oof, I want to say it probably goes back to 2016. And really, MyHub was built first uh, as a web application. Um, and then quickly, uh, as teams came onto the scene, we said, look, we've got a." you know, the world was evolving from people spending a lot of time in SharePoint. So the first place you saw MyHub type functionality was in SharePoint web parts and sh- uh, eventually SharePoint extensions. We started building these cool panels that would slide out in modern SharePoint sites and, and surfacing some functionality there. Um, but then as the shift moved and people were spending more and more of their time in Teams, um, we brought it that same experience into Teams as a, as a Teams application. And so today, the thing that we say about it is we kind of work wherever the user is going to work. So you can deploy the SharePoint extension. We have again a web application. We have a Teams application and. It's a fairly consistent user experience, no matter how you're, you're getting to that functionality. And the functionality, again, that we're providing is uh, that of a consuming user of the Office 365 you know, services, uh, whether that be provisioning of new you know, teams and sites, or um, if you're a workspace owner and it's time for an annual you know, attestation um, that you need to go do. Those are some of the kind of things that you'll end up doing in, in MyHub.
1: You talk about that different technology of like the evolution of SharePoint to Teams. What are some of the reasons you saw that happen? Because obviously, you know, our our experience when I was there at Aftpoint and even prior as a consultant in Australia, like you're right, SharePoint was that canvas that you were kind of targeted. Why do you think that changed for the customers?
0: Yeah, for us, it changed because the, the, the place that people were engaging changed. We had organizations that weren't big SharePoint shops, frankly, that, uh, were very active in teams. Um, and, you know, the one thing I would have loved to have done at the time was get some of that functionality into an, you know, an outlook interface experience because again that's where people spend quite a bit of their time so it's really it's a it's a combination we want the context if someone happens to be on a particular workspace or in a site we want to provide context specific functionality that they might want to do for that particular site or team while they're there but then sometimes you want to see your whole world and that's really been an area that we've been focusing on as well is what happens when you zoom out? Is there a way to use MyHub not just as a a means to an end to connect end users to some of these governance and compliance processes that you have, but what if there was a value just of going to MyHub? And so we released some functionality a couple of years ago um, where it just, it sort of made it easier for me to rationalize. I don't know if you guys have this problem, but I do. I have probably like 120 teams in my left rail right now, not right. to mention my Yammer communities. Yeah, not yeah. to mention all that. So being able to curate either as a manager or as an individual, A set of the workspaces that are most valuable to me for various work streams that i'm working on and then either just consume that myself easily get to all the resources or even push that out to my team so that i could say hey folks product strategy uh, leads here are the ones that are important right all the teams sites groups communities that are important for this particular purpose and 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 now they're not spending a lot of time hunting through so yeah, it's, it's just a question, Jeremy, of, of what the user's entry point is and their intention at that particular moment.
1: With that writing of it as a web app and a SharePoint web part, like, and this might be a little bit outside of the scope of what you know, but like, are they writing that in separate code bases or have you written it in a way where there is a little bit of re- reuse overlap between the different canvases that it shows up on? I, th- there's a little
0: bit of difference but for the most part we're working on a single code base which is the only way it works right it's the only way it works for us because otherwise there's so much you know we do major releases every two months major feature releases every two months and so for us to be able to move at speed would would not be possible if we were maintaining lots of separate you know code
1: bases
2: so uh, it's it's growing i guess it's if you're releasing every two months it's a uh... The product itself is growing really fast. So where did you start off in the first place? Like which feature uh, you wanted to build in the first time it came to your mind? And what was the reason you wanted to build that in the first place?
0: Look, with our history, to be perfectly honest, we started with, okay, we're building all this value and process that that admins and security teams and compliance teams can, can leverage. I need a way to connect that to, to end users. And so we didn't start really catering to the end user audience. We started with, how can I make this as palatable experience as possible for you to do the things that your company wants you to do? Um, and that's where, you know, being where they were, not asking them to go to a completely new interface in a completely new place was, was kind of the tie in there. But we knew um, at that point in time that, you know, that was a short term thing. We had to connect the user to their, their process. The next thing we needed to do is give them a reason why. And that is something that we've been focused on over the last couple of years is, for example, if I am going to ask you to do an annual review of a team that you own. Um, and ask you things like whether you need it or not, or whether it's relevant anymore, whether Jeremy should still have access or shouldn't still have access. If I'm going to ask you to make those decisions. I should inform you also. And so that's where we're trying to take a bit of a different uh, spin on it in the last couple of years and say, if I make you smarter as a, as a workspace owner, if I, if I give you information every time I ask you to make a decision, now there's value for you because you don't want your information to be exposed to people it shouldn't be exposed to. You don't want to be managing things that don't really have any business value. And that's where we've really been focusing and, and will continue to focus over the next year or two is how do I how do I provide that experience for a for a non-admin that says, hey, I want to consume this information. It's useful to me. We've even now got uh, lots of folks that are asking us, hey, that process that I went through, my annual, you know, review and attestation, is there a way I can do that on demand? So it's a complete 180 between sort of forcing users to, to go through a process um, and then realizing, wow, if you do it right, it's, it's something that they want to do because there's value to them. They, they, they want that kind of information and visibility.
1: Yeah, we get internally here, we have like reminder emails and the emails are just like, do you want to renew this site? And I'm like, I remember creating that two years ago. I have no idea what's in that site. I don't know the last time anyone accessed it. Like, and so you have to go do that research. So the default position is, ah, it's easier to just keep it, right? This way I don't cause any trouble. So Which it kind of defeats the purpose of why MSIT sending out those emails because they want to, you know, renege it and get back the space and reduce the risk. Yeah.
0: We, we see that a lot where these processes don't generally originate in IT. They originate outside of IT, and then IT has to fulfill. So there's always the telephone game of what was the original intention? What does IT have to do to to take their box that they have a control in place? And then what is the the poor end user left to, to do with that process?
1: And so you mentioned that MyHub is like a 2016 release, but... I know uh, that a lot of that functionality was in a product prior to that as well. So what was the decision process of having MyHub? Was it just because you wanted to target that specific audience? And it was interesting you made a comment like of building the web app before Teams because my assumption was MyHub was like a Teams first app. But so it's interesting to see what what your story is there. When we
0: first launched MyHub, it it was actually um, before Teams before Teams existed, Um, and really what it was was we originally started with an application in our governance solution. Um, And that application had some interfaces that were end user facing and some interfaces that were admin facing. So there was some admin side and there was some end user side. And if you were an admin, but you were also an end user, you just saw everything. And again, coming from our legacy, we didn't at that point in time sort of grok, well, wait a minute. It's a completely fundamental different person I'm interf- interfacing with. So things like how important theming and colors and, and experience were, uh, real estate, uh, understandability, things like that were were completely different. Uh, whether you're dealing with an end user audience or a uh, an admin audience. So so my hub right was our sort of declaration that no, we need a purpose built application for the front end that can talk to the back end. But but is really built for those end users. And again, we were out for maybe a hot minute um, when Teams came out and it became okay, well wait a minute, well, now we've got to get. Now we've got to get in there uh, and, and and live there as well.
2: My hub is now available for all the Teams users, or so if I just go to Teams right now in the Team Store, if I search my hub, I'll be able to access it.
0: Yeah. So, so we have a different, different modes of, of my hub and this is, you know, this is part of the strategy there is if you don't own any of the other Avpoint solutions, my hub, all of them, myhub standalone functions will work. So those productivity type enhancements with, you know, the hubs that you're building of aggregated workspaces put together. Um, being able to curate those lists, those are all standalone functions that work just with MyHub. Um, if you happen to also own other AvPoint solutions, what you see in MyHub will expand. Um, so, for example, if you happen to own our governance solution, you may see the service catalog if your organization has set up a, a self service catalog with requests and things like that, you'll be able to see those. So um, it's in the marketplace today. Um, and uh, again, the, depending upon how much your organization is leveraging Avpoint, that determines how much you'll see when you start to use the application.
2: You also mentioned that you want to provide this app for Office apps. Is it also available in the Office store or something that you are thinking o- on it right now?
0: so i I would say that we've we've got some some prototype functionality that we've been playing with i don't think we're ready to to talk uh too much about it publicly but there's definitely some pretty cool things you can do with the kind of hooks that are now you know persistent throughout the microsoft 365 ecosystem so um everything from you know what you can do again back to the context the the concept of context uh, it used to be at the workspace level. Now maybe at the at the individual communication level, at the chat level with a, something like a message extension. Um, there's an ability to now get pretty creative in terms of doing things like well, if the mission of my hub is curating things, maybe in the future that's where I also curate important messages or threads or things like that. So um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we're looking at, and so it, it's going to be a pretty busy 2023 for us, I think.
1: With the store. What are the main reasons you're in there? Like, are you commercing through the store or is it just a discoverability question? Like, I'm mean, always interested to hear from ISVs on where their mindset is on that.
0: We've been on this journey with Microsoft for a long, long time, right? So, so many marketplaces and, you know, the marketplace vision I think today is, is coalescing in a way that, that does make a lot of sense. Um, we initially wanted to be in the marketplace uh, because of things like visibility, Uh, First and foremost, Uh, we also envision MyHub as a bit of a tip of the spear uh, solution for us because it's really easy to onboard. It's really easy to start using. And then, you know, it gives us an opportunity to engage deeper, maybe suggest things through the application that, that you could do if you if you owned more of the. Uh, overall, Avpoint Online Services platform. So, to to us, getting that thing out there and, and having it be easily accessible is is one of the reasons why we're in the marketplace. I think in recent uh, times, not just with MyHub but with other solutions, um, there's has been a commercial angle to it. So, people that have things like Azure commits and you know can you know, have already sort of earmarked some money for Azure-based solutions. Make it interesting as an ISV to now be able to pursue that as a funding route uh, with customers. So commercially, it's getting a heck of a lot more interesting uh, there. And, you know, the technology is getting better as well, being able to do things like, you know, special pricing or certain kinds of more sophisticated discounts. In the early days, it was kind of like, you know, what's the price? And that's the price for everybody. Very hard to make that work uh, when you're dealing with, you know, as point does, everything from very small customers to large enterprise with Hundred plus thousand users, so um, it's a it's really a combination of the technology and and some of the, the the commercial implications that's driving it.
1: One of the big things that we hear from ISVs is like the notion of like trust and security, and you you mentioned like ease of deployment and friction. Like with MyHub, what were some of those decision points you made? Like how much permission scopes do you need to the graph, for instance? Because you know you're provisioning things and checking things that people own? Like what, what decision tree did you go through for making that?
0: Yeah, so so MyHub tends to be on the easier front compared to some of our other solutions because one of the things we have in MyHub that we don't always have in our admin solutions is I always have a logged in user. So with MyHub, we get away with quite a bit of, of delegated uh, permission, which is a heck of a lot more sort of acceptable uh, Than some solutions that are sort of asynchronous and and completely lights out, and therefore need admin level permissions at an app context, which is which is a little tougher uh, to swallow. So for MyHub, we do get along pretty well with with delegated permissions. Our general rule is, you know, for the most part, um, whatever restrictions are in place for the user in Microsoft 365 native what they can see, what they should be able to ask for. All those things are things that will carry through to our app. Uh, And delegated permissions works really well there. Um, We have, for example, had some customers say discoverability, let's say, of teams. You know, Teams, if you're not a member of a team and the team is not public, you don't even know it exists, you can't resolve it in a search. We have had customers want more of what we did back in the legacy SharePoint days of saying, hey, maybe there's such a thing as a roster of all teams. So if I'm not yet a member, I can discover and request that I become a member. Um, and then they have some flexibility about what gets listed in the roster. So we have gotten some of those requests where it does break the native Microsoft sort of security context a little bit. Where we always think about those. Um, if we do implement them, we do it with a kind of a know what you're doing and if so move this switch to the right from an admin perspective. The big red flag around it. Yeah, big red flag. But but the point that you bring up is one that, you know, always comes up. This is a an interesting time. You have, you know, people using uh, Teams, Microsoft 365, SharePoint as we saw with, you know, some of the syntax announcements, more and more business critical workloads coming in. And, and, and wanting really Microsoft, wanting more and more business critical data in Microsoft 365. And it does, you know, raise questions every time there's a, a connection to a third party SaaS application. What am, I, what am I getting into here and what am I doing? And, and uh, with Hub and some of our other solutions, we did make the choice to go ahead and go through the Microsoft certification process. Um, and so having that badge, you know, right there on the application has been helpful in commercial engagements for us to the point where we had a customer that was unable to use the marketplace version and then pushed back on us because they said, well, hang on, sideloading is a big risk. I want to install the marketplace one. And I was like, okay, wait, that's interesting. It's an interesting perspective. What makes you say that? He said, well, that one's got a badge. And I
1: was like, okay, fair enough. It's working. That's good to hear that it's working out there in the field like that. Yeah, and it's always an interesting point. I appreciate your openness to share on that because the, I mean, in any kind of new product that's to market, like the friction and ease of use is really, really important. Um, and there's a lot of things our partners focus on. And so it's good to hear that it's a lot of those decisions there that you're making. You, you also brought up uh, I have a point from perspective of, you know, small, medium business to enterprise business. From my hub, would there be in particular sizes that you think are of target or particular verticals where this you know, is all been, you know, is easier to go sell in and does the marketplace help there for you for that?
0: Yeah, I think um, the marketplace helps us today primarily for distribution of the solution. Uh, makes it very easy. People know where to get it and, and every time we update it, you know, it's it's updated. <laughs> so there's very little overhead in terms of, you know, what you might see if you were sideloading an application or something like that. So for us today, the primary benefit, especially in a large organization, is just distribution. If I look at it today, my hub probably is weighted more towards customers that do own um, more of the half point backend back end solutions. And that's an area of focus for us as well, because we want to make sure that there's plenty of value for that core audience of individual uh, information worker and and data owner so that's an area that we're looking at enhancement for this year so that uh, even if your company doesn't own more of the Fpoint stuff yet for the back end getting into more standalone deployments um, is an area and certainly the marketplace becomes key there um, transactability for a solution like that is is not generally going to be worth a whole lot of time on our you know from our salespeople for small orgs of, you know, 50, 100, 200 people. But there might be tremendous value in the org to using it. So in that way, having a, a transactable solution in the marketplace is is just a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's kind of the way to go.
2: John, this is a very inspiring story how your product evolve uh, with Microsoft strategy as well. Like there used to be a Skype for business. Now there's Teams and um, seems like for my hub, Teams is a very base uh, place. And you said that uh, you've been in this journey with Microsoft for a while now, for a long time. And obviously you're relying on Microsoft 365 developer platform and Microsoft technologies What would you uh, like to see Microsoft doing regarding the Microsoft 365 developer platform to um, help improve your own uh, product and let customers be more productive in your own uh, products?
0: There's a few things, right? And Jeremy cut to the heart of, of one of them earlier more flexibility in sort of permission scopes and models and you know works well in delegated models right now. Um, if a customer does want to include some admin level functionality, things like you know Teams has some stuff where you can scope an app to only certain teams. There's certain SharePoint solution technologies where I can scope admin control to only certain sites, but there's nothing that's super cohesive there. Um, and that I think would overcome a lot of uh, trepidation that we do get on the part of customers when we sell into large organizations. Many times, one division um, really wants the solution, um, but if they happen to be in a consolidated tenant with other divisions, there now needs to be a larger conversation at central IT about you know this app will now have broad permissions into the tenant, and that 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 creates a lot of friction. We're usually able to get through it because we're you know we've got we've invested. Just as much in our security posture and our compliance posture and security certifications as we have in, in really actually developing the solutions, but it's no doubt it, it's friction in the process. So continuing to have a you know more flexible ISV focused um, API permission models, I think is probably the number one ask that you folks will hear from the from the community. I saw some really exciting things coming this year uh, with additional sort of opportunities for entry point into the user and and their sort of attention space. So again, one of the reasons we decided on Teams as a primary place to surface the functionality of MyHub is because that's where we think the user is living a lot of the time. Um, But now with Things like bars showing up on the left side of of the Outlook interface, or there's a a strangely familiar sort of icon that looks like an app launcher that is showing up on the My Content interface and the, the new Office app. More surfaces like that to really provide an integrated experience. Always a challenge to get people out of where they're working every day, and so the more we can... Embed our functionality into some of those interfaces, it provides uh, just a more seamless solution. So both backend, you know, API permissions, things like that, as well as front end, um, you know, exposure, those are probably the two of the, uh, of the biggest
1: ones. Yeah. The, the app launcher, I just appeared in my Outlook client on my Mac and um, it's kind of interesting, the evolution there, because it, discovery wise, it's great. Like I can jump, you know, into OneDrive for business or, jump into my mail and calendar like I've always done. But I can also jump into the thing all the Visa suite products. I think even the fact that, you know, we Viva is part of M365, but it's a specific product group with engineering and they've got these asks back to all these core hub teams. And so there's a little bit of a Viva is almost like a treated like a third party software builder in, in, a, in a sense. And so a lot of the things that we've had partners asking for for a long time are now being done because, you know, Viva and Syntex want them. And so I think you'll see that evolution come through.
0: I thought it was just because I asked. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> I mean, clearly you're top of the list, John. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on that point, um, many partners ask us, you know, what's the right way to tap in? And, you know, I s- see you a lot in various different calls, email threads, you know you are um a regional developer as well what would you say the most valuable places that you tap into in your role and and you know obviously take that back and it helps your afterthought stay ahead and understand where where we're going
0: yeah i mean so so there's there's the public resources um obviously partner resources if you're a, if you're a microsoft partner i'm seeing you know the outreachiness of of some of these channels be you know, better than ever. The, there, there's a very rich partner ecosystem around Teams. There's a there's a rich partner ecosystem, an ISV developer ecosystem. Obviously, out of your team, Jeremy, that that is excellent at keeping us sort of connected to things. I think the thing that people uh, sometimes um, uh, overlook is there's there's quite a bit of information to be gleaned just by going to the communities. So, you know, recently the Microsoft Tech communities, and then as that evolves. Being participatory there gets you a lot of um, notice. I think, <laughs> you know, almost as much in the old days as a great blog reel would be getting on there and you know answering a ton of questions because there's a lot of questions that are out there as well. So I think it's a two way street. Microsoft, I think, is is uh, doing a good job outreaching to the ISV community across most teams. As you mentioned, you know, there's different teams and some of them are more engaged than others. Uh, And you can sort of sense that. But I think it's a two way street. Take advantage of all those opportunities. Certainly the fact that uh, so many conferences have been online lately, the ability to review information, there's way more content than I could possibly keep up on uh, in terms of what's out there and what's coming. Hopefully, we get back to some of those in-person events because that, that and that's missing for me. But I, I am encouraged to see so much Microsoft res, Microsoft representation, even at some of the the, the other events, right? The, the non-Microsoft sponsored events. Uh, there's always a you know a good population of Microsoft folks that are out there, and some of those smaller events are actually even better. Because you can get, you know, you sit down, have lunch. <laughs> you probably get some face time with someone who you otherwise would not. And that's just another opportunity. So I think it's there if you want it.
2: Awesome. Uh, John, thank you so much for sharing uh, your ISV journey plus my hub. I'm super excited to just go ahead and try it out. Where can people, end users, go and try your products? Or is there anywhere they can learn more about the functionalities of your products?
0: In terms of access, there uh, the solutions are on the app source marketplace and available if you do it just a search for AvPoint in the team's uh, app store, you'll find us either way. Um, there's a version there for commercial and there's a version for US government. So those are the easiest ways to get the application. and certainly on our website there's a there's a page devoted to MyHub and kind of details some of the value props. So you can learn a little bit more about it there or just look it up on, on the marketplace and you'll get linked there anyway.
1: That's great. Well, look, thanks very much for your time, John. It's always good to catch up. I, uh, every conversation I have with you, I'm always learning something about our own products and what we can be doing better just because of how you're pushing the, the bar over there at F point. So, um, keep it up and um, we'll get you back on the show at some point to talk a little bit more about the journey of, of where my hub's got to and kind of even some of the things you were dabbling in talking about where your the future of that thing is. Um, Really excited to see where that goes for our ecosystem and our customers.
0: Yeah, I, I will take you up on it. Um, and again, thanks for the for the time and, and always great to have a chat.
1: Yeah, I appreciate your openness in sharing some of the kind of internals of how things go there. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And again, thank you, Aicha. And for those that are listening, um, Aicha does the best thing of turning off the AC. I don't have to turn the AC off here in uh, <laughs> Seattle right now. It's freezing cold. So just a, a reminder, make sure you turn your AC back on. IHA. thank
2: you so much. It's a crucial one, and if then you live in Dubai. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you're on the, sh- uh, if you're listening, and you're from a partner and would like to come on and talk to myself and Aisha as part of this series, um, please reach out to us. Um, we've got a fairly good schedule, healthy schedule in the next few months. But um, we've seen got a lot of feedback on interviewing people like John and uh, David and so forth. And so please, you know, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll get you on the show as well. And uh, enjoy your week, everybody.
0: For listening to the microsoft 365 developer podcast please follow us on twitter at m365 dev podcast and check out our show notes at www.m365devpodcast.com to help us spread the word we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on itunes